Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello and welcome to the From the Finney podcast with me, Jake. Me, Ollie. And me, Jimmy. Yeah, we've got the Huddersfield review for you. Then we've got, in the second part, we've got a, a listener question and we'll preview the Sheffield Wednesday game as well. So hopefully you enjoy it. Lads, you good? All good, mate. Yeah, looking yeah. forward to this. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. Thanks, Jake. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Cheers, pal. Before we get cracking, if anyone's new to to the podcast and they find that we've been negative recently, then hopefully this one's a little bit more positive. Wouldn't, wouldn't want to lose any listeners. We've seen our recent form. <clears throat> yeah, I know. It's hard not to be, isn't it? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, it's. Um... It's been a strange couple of few weeks since we've been back, isn't it? Yeah, it's, um, I, I feel like, well, the three of us at least, I feel like we're all a bit more jovial at the moment and just sort of come to terms with, yeah, I think, with reality. Yeah, I've, I've, I think that's that I've accepted. I've accepted it now that the season's gone to shite. Um, I mean, it's yeah. mathematically, it's still possible to make the point. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But it's, for being realistic, yeah, it's going to take a massive swing. I thought yesterday was just a, 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 a complete continuation of what we've seen. People can say it was more positive, or it was an improved performance. It was a clean sheet, or whatever. But again, that's that's an absolute must-win game yesterday, and we've not approached it like that until probably the ninety-second, ninety-third minute. No, we had what two two half decent chances in the last two minutes, three minutes. To be honest, I, I think that's being generous as well. What calling them half decent? Yeah, Sinclair's on his weaker foot on a tight angle. He's never going to catch hold of it. It's an absolute world if it goes in, and Maguire's never scoring from that angle for me. Mm. Um, and that's that's what Ben Rose has, has posed it as in his in his post match press conference to Neil. When that's not a shot, though, is it really? No, but it's it's complete. Dishonesty in how in how the game's gone. You don't um, you don't get to be club secretary without rubbing people up the right way for the last decade. Yeah, to be honest, I thought Neil was quite quite honest yesterday. Obviously, he says the usual. He says, but the most the most worrying thing for me was he still said yesterday he didn't want to expose ourselves. Um, surely now's the time to do that yeah, because we've absolutely. got we've nothing to lose. Yeah. I found that really odd yesterday when he came out with that because if you remember at the start of the season Alex Neil would come out and he'd be really honest about the game and it would be brutal honest even if we won the game it'd be like well we played crap yeah. you know, I, want be, I want to be attacking teams etc so it comes back to what we've said since lockdown he's focusing on the opposition and yesterday I'm not being funny but you don't need to set up that tight against a Huddersfield team that is that poor they are bottom three fodder they're, they're not a good team. They offered nothing going forward. I, I just found it a really frustrating performance. Um, and like you said, those two shots, you know, Sinclair's had two shots in the after 90 minutes. There is only two touches of the game. The only two times he's actually been on the ball he's actually got a shot away. Didn't look arsed in the warm-up. Didn't look arsed when he came on. It's, it's a funny thing, isn't it? Because, I mean, I've always been one to try and sort of reserve judgment on how a 
someone looks because it's it, it's it's how you perceive it. But the the more I the more I see him, the more that I'm starting to think and, and agree with you that yeah, he just doesn't really look that arsed at all. Body language is ninety percent of communication, mate. Yeah. If his body language is shit, then he's communicating that he's not interested. And we're, you know, we've broke our way structure to get him. And I was listening back to the podcast we did with with Seds and John Kelly and a few others. And we were in agreement at that point. We didn't think we were going to get him and it'd be a massive coup if we did. Mm. And then we get him and he's just flattered to deceive. You know, he had that good game against Swansea at home when when he scored that goal. But apart from that, I can't looks, want it. He looks very, he looks very flat. A bit like most of the team do. Yeah, and I just say yesterday, if you look at Huddersfield's, all right, they've got a decent attacking unit. But if you look at the back four individually, they've got Trevor Chalabar at right back. He's a centre mid. He's played there, isn't it, as well? Yeah, he's a centre mid. They've got Harry Toffler at left back. He's decent on the ball, but he's very, very weak defensively. And then the Stearman and um, Schindler, I think it was, um, at centre-back. And they're just both very slow. You can just get at them and a bit of movement will cause some problems. Mm. Um, but Neil, Neil uh, sorry, uh, Cowley said after the game that he knew exactly how we'd set up. And they, they decided that they were going to let us have the ball in the first half precisely because we had one attacker on the, on the pitch who, who can use the ball in creative ways in Josh Harrop. You've got Potts, Brown, Ledson and Pearson, four of your six front front six, if you want to call it that. If you look further back, you've got Rafferty and Hughes. So the creative creativity yesterday is relying on it's relying on Josh Harrop and then it's relying on set pieces. I think Bowers had four or five contacts from a set piece. But you've got Bowden on the bench, Maguire, Sinclair, all right, we've criticised him. So you don't need to play that sort of line when you know you're going to have the ball and they're going to let you have the ball. And we even we even left the fullbacks on the halfway line because we were scared of them counter-attacking. So it's basically relying on four four attackers yesterday in a game that you've got to win against a, a very poor side, let's be honest. Uh, so similar to the Luton game in a way. That, that game was 100% there for the taking. And like, like we said at the start, it was... <clears throat> In fact, I don't think we did say it at the start. I don't know if we've just said it between ourselves, but it was a must-win game. Yeah, and and he's gone at it like that. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, for it's me, for... it's it's sorry, Jimmy. It's just the lineup again. Just absolutely smacks of caution, and you're wondering if he how much how much did he want to win that game from the start? Obviously, they want to win the game, but just you've got to go for it from the start. Yeah. Would you ever see Brentford line up like that? Well, no, because Brentford have got a lot more quality than us as well in attacking yeah, areas. You'd never see him with one attacker on the pitch, though. No. And I think it, it does come down to, I suppose, what he has got at his disposal as well. I mean, he, could, he didn't need to go that negative yesterday. I, I mean, I looked at the lineup and at 2 o'clock, I thought, you know what, I've got a bit of energy about it. Might be able to get something out of the game, especially with the way Huddersfield are. But the actual cold light of day and actually when they were playing together, it was nothing different. There was absolutely no difference to what we'd seen at Luton, what we'd seen at home to to Cardiff and to Derby. It was just very much another mediocre slash woeful performance for us. Mm. And that's concerning. I mean, from going from six in the league, you know, and picking up two points from last 21 available, 
just it's just not acceptable, is it? I mean, being tenth now and being six points off to off the playoffs when Cardiff were what six points behind us when the season recommenced. Yeah, I think I think they won they won two on the bounce to overtake us. This was not not good enough, I'm afraid. But um, yeah, our, our form isn't great, is it? You know, when you break it down and look at it since Huddersfield, I know you mentioned it a couple of weeks ago, Ali, in terms of obviously that Huddersfield at home game. It just doesn't paint a good picture when you go back that far now. I mean, we're the fourth worst team in the league now for picking up points um, since that day. We've only scored 21 goals in those 25 games and we've lost almost half the games. We've lost 12 out of 25. So, yeah. It's big ball, really. Yeah, it's a big improvements needed. Um, we haven't been good enough. Um, and I think questions are starting to get asked now a lot more you know you have to look at social media it's gone a lot a lot more negative yeah. since the, I suppose over the past 10 days especially um, but there's five games left and and let's just try and take some positives out of these next five games hopefully I know I think, we mentioned it on Wednesday and Alan Nixon's done done a piece I think today on it hasn't he I know Ollie at Deep Dell Digest has covered it I've not actually read either of them but Apparently Fisher as well has had a bit off Ridsdale in the stands. And obviously the, the, the story that Nixon released was what I don't did we say it on the pod on Wednesday or did we just talk about it? Uh, no, we got we out? got we got told to keep some about it for the time being, but yeah. obviously Nugent, Nugent and Ridsdale had had a bit of a do with each other in the first half, which I think everyone who's watching on Sky saw Nugent having a go at someone in the stands, but they didn't realise who it was. Yeah. Um, and do you think apparently, go on. No, apparently, obviously, it's happened with Darnell the game before in the Cardiff game. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that maybe that's a sign of high tension amongst the players as well and in the squad? The fact that he snapped back at someone in an empty stadium. I think it's just two grown men. I think it's just two grown men showering at each other. Fair enough. I think it's there's that, but also it's no shock that confidence is on its arse. Yeah. When you've got a club figure that's having a pop at a player in an empty stadium. When it's it doesn't help really, things, really. No, but it's going to be really obvious who it's coming from. I mean, if there's 10,000 people there and he's doing it, then it's probably going to get massed by other people shouting stuff. But when there's nobody in the ground and there's, you, you know, you've got the advisors to the owner shouting at a player and having a bit of a, a, a to-do whilst he's trying to play a game of football, I'm not sure that's acceptable. It doesn't look good, really, does it? No, it looks piss poor. But I, I think, it probably, you know, our confidence at the minute is so poor. You know, we've had eight shots on target in the four games we've been back. We just look so low on confidence because we're looking scared in that final third. Yeah. We look terrified as soon as we into that final third. I mean, we, we, we're all right keeping the ball, but we're not doing anything with it. I've said it since that Luton game. So you can have all the possession you want unless you've got a purpose to do with your, with your play and, and your patterns of play have got a purpose about them. There's no point. You might as well just go long like or, or, or rely on counter-attacking teams a bit like Reading did to us you know they were 2-0 up via two counter-attacks but they didn't have a pattern of play before that and just found themselves 2-0 up it's yeah I think we just look a little bit devoid of ideas at the moment which is concerning I think in my Corona piece I predicted that we finished 10th anyway but it's, it's more the manner in which we've lost the games um, it's, yeah, just it's the not, manner in how we've ended up 10th isn't it yeah, exactly. It would have. It would. We've not had a go. No one could tell me we've had a go in any of the four games. 
And as Jimmy said, confidence is very low. I think the lack of attacking patterns, because we had some clear attacking patterns in that first few months of the season. I think Alex Neal's become so obsessed with Carter in the opposition that we just have no confidence in the attacking third and we've got no patterns of play, no triggers where you see one movement triggers another movement, which triggers a pass. No one shooting from outside the box, really. No one mm. shooting when they've got into a decent area to shoot. It's more playing of a pass. Very few times we've put an early cross in, we get it wide. Andy Hughes probably looks back into the middle, centre mid's drifted out wide, back to Hughes, cross, cross is blocked. Very pedestrian in the attacking in the attacking phase, really. And Jimmy said there, teams have, have counted against us. I don't think we can counter as well against teams now because teams know exactly how to play against us. Mm. And we had no alternative yesterday. Potts did well for me the other night against Derby. I, would, I wouldn't have started Brown. And you definitely wouldn't start two of them three together when you need a goal in an attacking unit, I wouldn't say. And even Danny Carley said he knew what to expect. We'd, we play vertical shapes and that creates a little bit of space between our midfield lines. And to be fair to Neil, we've counteracted that by leaving the fullbacks on halfway. But if you're going to leave your fullbacks on halfway, it's where's the attacking to... width coming from there? We've yeah, had a few to... overloads down the right in the first half. Little four on twos, four on threes, but it's it's it's, it's quite desperate really. And there's just 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 no attacking patterns. Um, yeah. And it's yesterday. Look, the almost likely threat yesterday was Patrick Bauer in the air. He yeah. scored twice all season. And that tells you everything you need to know, I think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> did you see the stat that was knocking about that four out of our first five shots yesterday came from Patrick Bauer? Yeah. That isn't acceptable. I mean, I know you mentioned then, Ollie, about you think we'll end up 10th in that piece. We're only six points off 15th. Yeah, we'll finish lower now. And we've got to, and we've got to play 15th on, on Wednesday night. Yeah. So that gap could be three points come Wednesday. So that's yeah. concern. I think what you mentioned about shape, you only have to look how narrow our our midfielders yesterday you know Harrit Potts Brown Ledson Pearson they're so narrow with Barkey it's like I know we've said it for a while that we don't have any width to the team apart from our full backs but yesterday was probably the game that we needed to have a bit of width mm-hmm. um, you know even if you're starting Maguire uh, it's someone who can create something out of nothing I thought Maguire looked quite lively when he came on I thought that the other night against um, against Derby when he came he, on then. Yeah, he, he has done when he's come off about him. Yeah. yeah, I mean, a 20-minute impact, I, I, I mean, it's probably not, not Give him 45. Perfect. Give him 45, yeah, 45. minutes. Yeah, or bring him off after an hour. You know, at least let him try and impact the game positively. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just really frustrating. I'm not having a single shot on target. And the one shot we have had on target these last two games was Potts against Derby. Which is basically um, just a pass. Which, which, yeah, it's outside the air and it's straight down the keeper's throat. So the fact that that's our only shot on target in two games is a massive worry. Yeah. You know, and it's no wonder we've scored the least goals in the league in the last 25 games. You know, nobody's scored less goals than Preston North End in the last 25 games. Wake up, people. Seriously, wake up. We are shit. We're not playing well. I've seen, um, I've seen people ask whether or not having a better striker would actually make a difference at the minute. It would. It, it, it gives you options. The thing is, it, it wouldn't, you can't just look at it as, would a striker have done us better yesterday? If we'd have had a striker throughout these six to eight months, yeah. we wouldn't be in the rut we are in now. 
Because if you look at the last four games, I think Maguire started against Luton, Stockley came in, uh, Nugent came in against Derby, and then obviously Barkley yesterday. That's four strikers in four games. You can't get any continuity there. It would have had, I'm going to mention it again because he's he scored his 15th goal today. If you'd have had Hugo up there for the last six months, you're not relying on bits and bobs from different strikers. No. You don't need a 35-year-old to start you a game that you need to win. So people saying, would a striker really have made a difference? It might not make a difference in an individual game, but over the course of a season, when you've got a number nine and you can do number nine's job, it's going to make a massive difference. Yeah. And you're not, you're not just lumping balls up to Stockley and hoping for the best. Even if, you, think- even if you bring Stockley on for the last 10 minutes in the odd game, that's fine. If, if, if it's a last resort, that shouldn't be your plan B in every single championship game because it's just not going to get you anything. And that's why our subs have been so ineffective. Yeah. It's also something that comes back to something Mel said on Wednesday night about um, relationships. How can any of that team build relationships when there's been four different strikers in four games? You know, and it, you play, look at the front three. It's been, it's been chopped and changed for four games running. It's no surprise we're not able to build patterns of play or build any sort of momentum or relationships on the pitch when everyone's chops and changed. It doesn't matter what level of football you play at. If you make that many changes in that many games, you're not going to get positive results. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like trying to chuck a load of jigsaw pieces together mm-hmm. and thinking, oh yeah, that might look right, but then it's not. And then you're back to square one. It's like, just actually try and build a jigsaw properly and yeah. you might actually get a result instead of trying to just, throw, it's like throwing jelly at a wall. That's why yeah. it feels to me. And hoping that some of it sticks. Yeah. yeah. And if you have if you have a number nine up there all season, who you know is going to do you a job, you can you can build around him. You're not relying on trying to shoehorn someone into a number nine. If you've got well, you've just there, mentioned him, Jordan Hugo. Look at he's what fifteen? Did you say for this yeah, yard this season? Just the fifteen for the non-league donkey. Um, <laughs> beautiful finish as well today against his hometown club. But if you've got someone like, it doesn't even have to be Hugo. If you've got someone mobile and strong up there. Mm. Maguire plays better with a striker like that Maguire does play much better with a striker like that you can get players around him you can stretch the pitch you can go direct if you need to you can run into the channels Hugo can link up play better than people give him credit for and he'll score your goals all yeah. of them things are going to lead to more confidence and you've got you've got just a better option up there so our strikers at best can do one or two of those four or five things and yeah. that's where that's where the main issues lie up from I wasn't going to ask this question, but I think a couple of people have sent it over social media because um, I feel like it's maybe one that we we could include in a post-season transfer pod. But seeing as we're on the topic, who who say say Hugo's not a realistic option for next season? Who would who would you look to bring in? Bearing in mind that we're more than likely going to be looking at free transfers. Well, there's there's a lad Nondre from Blackpool who's had a bit of bit of interest or whatever. Sam Surridge on loan from Swansea, on loan from Bournemouth, sorry, Bournemouth, he was yeah. at Swansea. Um, he's not really got a look in, but if Bournemouth go down, that could be a different story anyway. Um, Which but, is looking quite likely at the minute anyway. Yeah, I think they're pretty nerd, aren't they? Um, but you never know. He might still be available. There's players out there, Jake. There's players out there. We need to lose, we need to use the loan market a lot better for a start. Yeah. Um, and, Obviously, Hugo's probably Bruce way... Bruce, got another one again today. Yeah, Hugo's obviously way above us now. 15 league goals in the champ this season. He's, he's You'd say there's less than a 1% chance he's never going to come back here, but there, there is 
there is players out there. It's not like there's no strikers at any level of football without strength and mobility. It's the key. It's the absolute. And people have mocked me a bit for saying this in the past. You can talk about technical quality all you want. In an Alex Neal system, the physicality up front is the most important thing by far in that system. And we just don't have anyone with the with the right levels of physicality. Um, but there will be players out there. Yeah, and I suppose to be honest with you, it shouldn't be up to us to recommend the club players. They, they no. didn't get. I'm just. I'm not being honest because. No, no, no. I mean, it, like you said, it shouldn't be up to us. I mean, I, I remember getting... I'd more than happily do that job. I, I know you would, because that's, you're, you're very much a tactical and statistical genius in terms of that, mate, in terms of your analytic pieces, and you know what you're looking for. I don't know, if, you know, it comes on to that bit we mentioned the other week about recruitment. There doesn't seem to be any accountability, and it just, just seems so scattergun as an approach. I remember about two years ago, harping on about Lawrence Shanklin and uh, United. We could have got him on a free. Went to Dundee United, scored another 40 goals in two seasons. Got called up to the Scotland squad. Signing for Rangers this week, two million quid. I mean, doesn't there is players out there, but you've got to look hard to get them. And I don't know if our scouting network allows us to look in at as much depth as we want it to. I mean, don't be wrong, the scouting network has made some fuck-ups as well in terms of Connor Simpson because he fitted the physical profile of a six-foot-five striker that they yeah. thought might might do the business. Connor but Ripley, we one. Yeah, but that's a physical attribute again. It's like how we're recruit, how we're allegedly recruiting yeah. new players this year. We're recruiting on physical attributes rather than actual like what they're good at. You know why are why are yeah. we even bothering? You know, at- so I was speaking to a mate who works at another championship club, and they they've sort of recognised that we we recruit players more based on physicality than anything else, really. And you can you can look at that, but. I do think in terms of the striker, if you don't have mobility at this level, you're going to hide into nothing. Absolutely. Because the centre-halves are better. So, yeah. The centre-halves that Jaden Stockley is up against are better than what they are in League 2. Yeah. Infinitely better as well. Yeah. With, with the level below the Premier League, they're not, you know, League 2, in a nice possible way, is the level above the conference or the National League, whatever it's called now. You know, we've got to look at it levels and... I feel for Jaden because it's not his fault he's here. He's oh, you're not going to turn that down, are you? No, but it's not his fault he's here. He, he's on a good. He's, he got offered a great package to join us, and he joined with that reputation of being great in the air. But he got, got joined that with that reputation of being great in the air in League Two. Yeah, yeah. It's a different Massive level completely. Up. Yeah, absolutely. Could he do it at League One? I think he could. I think he could he'd probably be a decent striker in League One yeah. for a mid-range club. But would you see him leading line for Sunderland or Pompey or Ipswich? You know, biggest size clubs in League One. I wouldn't personally. I don't think he's that. I, I don't think he's good enough for that level. Yeah, I think the step up between um, League One and Championship is much bigger than League Two to League One as well, isn't it? And yeah. I think a lot of that, a lot of that, does come down to the fact that a lot of Championship players are now sort of a lot more athletic than what you find in League League One and League Two. But when we yeah. shop in those markets, you're going to forfeit some of that, aren't you? So it's it's, it's it's just a it's a really tricky one. But um, you're probably you're probably looking for someone who's got the physical attributes, but has got the technical ability as well. You know, somewhat. Yeah. You know, I know we've been linked with them before, but like Clark Harris at Bristol Rovers, 
got a bit of technical ability about it. It's not the finished article by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah. for a similar price to Jaden Stockley, you're probably getting a better player. The fact is, Jaden shouldn't be here. We should have got Kiefer Moore to start mm. with, but we didn't because we weren't willing to pay one and a half million pound. Whoever's fault that is out of the four people that are accountable for transfers, then needs to probably have a bit of a look at himself and think, yeah, we've let one get away there because, and we probably could get him now. Let's try and get him on the cheap because he's, he's an upgrade on everything we've got. Yeah. I mentioned him the other day and someone said he's only got six goals, which I think is, you know, if you put Hugo and, sorry, if you put Nugent and Stockley together, it's double what they've got in it. So, yeah. in 25 starts, you couldn't, you couldn't, I think people need to get realistic and we can't so turn it on. Like four or five assists as well. Yes, four assists. Ten, ten contributions this season at championship level. You know, it's it's better than what we've got and, and it's the physical profile and people can't be turning their nose up at suggestions like that. I've even seen people today say Hugo missed loads of chances for us. Yeah. So what? So what? So what? Posi- but at least he was getting in the positions to be able to miss those chances. Yeah. These lot now aren't. We're not, we're not getting shots on target. We're not getting shots away on goal Yeah. that are, that are meaningful. You know, you can have you know, pot shots from 30 yards, but it's like trying to win the lottery, isn't it, really? Yeah. You know, one might go in, but what's the point? You've wasted 20 shots on, on nothing. You know, it's daft. Frustrating. Just, going, just quickly going back to, to Huddersfield, Jake, before you, before you move on, I think the biggest thing for me yesterday was, as we've said, very narrow, which is nothing new, but against against a team like that, when you're so narrow, you need you need your fullbacks to give you something. And the fact that we were so concerned about them counter-attacking, meaning we left our fullbacks on the halfway line, more or less, is just piss poor for me. Um, and it's again, it's how much do you want to win that game? I don't know. So five well, games. We've, to go. we've said it. We've said it. I think probably once or twice on this one. We've said it before on other podcasts. But at the moment, we've nothing to lose. So if we end up losing a game 3 2 or 2 1 or 4 3, go for it. Because yeah. at least fans can see that the manager and the, and the players yeah. are giving a go. The difference is we've got between, five games left now. Yeah, the difference between a draw and a loss yesterday does absolutely nothing towards no. our top six credentials. The difference between a draw and a win could potentially change quite a lot. Yeah, and and the annoying uh, thing is, is so. on the whole, we've had a relatively good season. Probably, I'd actually say, a a really good season on the whole. We was it twenty five up until recently. We had twenty five out of like thirty one or thirty two game weeks. We're in the top six. It's twenty five out of thirty seven. But when you that look is. at it, when when you actually break it down and, and look at it, the first 80, 16 games covers up a lot of those cracks. Mm, because the last twenty five games, mate, we've been the fourth worst team in the league. So. You know, yeah. Over over the course of the season, yeah, you can say, you know, I'd probably snap your hand off finishing tenth after the Millwall debacle, the first game. So I thought we're not a chance this side's getting anything. But then obviously they've proved the worth in that period up to the middle of November. We've had that international break, and it looks like a different. We've we've inherited a different team. We've inherited a team that scored twenty one goals in twenty five games. We scored thirty one goals in the, in the first sixteen. I what, think sixteen. So, it's so frustrating, yeah, I mate. Think, uh, we can say, well it's, been is... good, we can say it's been a good season all, all you like, but it, it, it's when you break it down to the cold hard facts, we should be a lot. We should be doing a lot better than we have done. In, in a poor league, this year, it's been a very average championship. Yeah, yeah I think very Jay, average. That's, that's what I was going to say in my um, chance of a lifetime piece. 
in, in July. I said this league is as poor as it's going to be and that's why you've really got to make the most of this season because we said there was loads of new managers, loads of players had lost, loads of uh, teams had lost key players. There was just so much change in the championship this season. Yeah. And we re- and we were very stable and we, we had to make the most for it and go for the kill. And it, it's just not turned out that way. And let's be honest, Ben Pearson's got five games left in a Preston shirt. And so, ben Davis and potentially Daniel Johnson, potentially Alan Brown as well. There's four at least there that yeah. will be off in the summer. Yeah, who knows? But it's it's like Jimmy said, it's a, it's a piss poor league, and that's probably why we've been in the in the top six for the amount of time that we have. Um, but if you if you look, there was also there was also times when we were we we had a real chance to not even to just get in the top six, but to consolidate four, five, six points in the top six. Yeah, looking uh, like Brentford or maybe Forest are have uh, sorry Fulham have done. Yeah. And now you look. There's one. There's one place left now, which you'd probably say is between Cardiff and Derby. Yeah, yeah. There's obviously going to be a, probably a few changes, but we're well out of it now. And yeah. we'll, we'll probably we'll peter into the bottom half now. I think it's like even if you pick up twelve points, you know, from the you know, I think we've lost thirteen points from winning positions in the last fifteen minutes of games. Even if we if we pick up tw- another twelve points over the course of the last forty-one games, you know, you're fourth. Same points as Fulham. Yeah. I mean, and, and and even then, you're seven points off automatics. Yeah. And that's where we should be. We should we should be fourth or fifth in this league, given the start we had. You know, if we'd actually continued the way we were playing to start the season and hadn't been so shit for the past, well, since November, however, ever, however many months that is now, because I can't count. So nine months, is it? Can't be shit for nine months and then think you're going to get away with it. Yeah. This is how this is how tight the league is. By the way, we're filled, we're filled fourteen points ahead of Middlesbrough, who were in the relegation zone. That's Jeez. that's five that's five wins over over forty games. That's how tight the league is. There's nothing in the league. There's nothing in the league, or there's nothing yeah. in it. And then when you get into a rut like we do, we can easily lose most games because mm. there's just nothing in the games. And that's I think it's as simple as that, really. Yeah, we're sixteen points off bottom and twenty-two points off top. So we are well and truly a mid-table side, unfortunately. Yeah. Last one then, before we have a break. What What is it that you think has changed so much that's led to just this uh, downward little, slide? Like, like you said, Jimmy, it feels like it's pretty much been since that international break in November. Yeah. I did a little thread on it yesterday. I think up to... I can't remember off the top of my head exactly, but I'm pretty sure up to the Huddersfield game, the first Huddersfield game, I think we got something like eight or nine penalties. Uh, we were averaging like a penalty every other game, which was freakish and it was never going to last. I think since then we've had three penalties in probably 25, 25 games or so. So that's a massive drop-off for a start. And then as the season deepens, you need a deeper squad and you need to trust your players. And if you don't invest in January, all right, we've got Scott Sinclair, but if you don't give them a hand when we're in a good position, I think, as we've just said, in such a tight league, the results are going to drop off. And then when results are dropping off, confidence goes. And then when you've got no confidence, you're going to end up seeing what we've seen in the last few weeks. So I think it's just it's just spiralled into that kind of situation for me. Yeah, not much more to add than that, mate. I yeah, think it's, it's a massive confidence issue for us. Um 
and the manager is probably partly to blame for that as well. For you know, try he's trying to find a winning formula. I get that, but try and stick to something rather than chopping and changing it. Yeah. Because there's no consistency, there's no ability to build relationships, and yeah, people can say like footballers are on X amount of money and all that. I'd never buy that argument because then they're the normal people. They're, they're exactly like us. They've got exactly the same personal lives. You know, it's just on a bigger scale in terms of mm-hmm. financials. That's all it is. What goes on in their brains is exactly the same. What goes in in all our brains. You know, they are human at the end of the day, and. Um, and it's like it's like you know the new players coming in like Scott Sinclair. It's like if you go to work for a new business, right, and you can't get you can't build a relationship with someone, or you can't get on, you, you know, you, you knock at the door trying to trying to get that relationship with your line manager or like a colleague that you're always working with, and you're going to be working with every day of the week, you know, and you you need a strong relationship with them, and you can't get it. You you try anything you can to get a relationship with that person, and then they change, and then they change yeah. again. And then they change again. You're never going to be able to settle in. And I, I do feel for Scott Sinclair in a way, but he's got to he's got to book his ideas up in terms of that. I suppose just that body language piece more than anything. Look interested, look lively, want the ball. You know, when you're on the pitch, because we've brought the bank to get him. And I'm sick of harping on about breaking the bank to get him because you know we're tight as a club. You know, we yeah. don't have to. We don't have a million pound a year to spend on a player that's not going to perform for us and it's the same as the manager the manager's on similar money the yeah. manager's got and to earn his money here he's not performing at the minute well he's not if you look at that I mean you look at Lee Johnson who, got, who lost his job yesterday I know Lee Johnson has been up and down like a bride's night for God knows how long right? I think I read a stat yesterday that he got He's used over a hundred players, and he's spent over sixty million in his time at Bristol City. Yeah, but yeah, but they've got a lot of income this summer as well. Selling Adam Webster, selling Josh Brownhill. So the money that he's spent this summer, it's it's not really come. You can't really make a massive comparison because the club has received a lot in transfer fees as well. The cold light of day is that they've received, they've got the same amount of points as us over the last twenty seven games. Uh, last twenty five games, sorry, with twenty seven points. You know. Same amount of points that Sheffield Wednesday, Birmingham have picked up as well. There's only Luton, Charlton, and Hull who've picked up less points. So, a manager's lost his job because of his form there, yeah. as well as him taking. You know, he's been there a long time, and he's don't worry, he's spent a lot of money, but they've got a lot back as well off him. Yeah, they have. But and, I do. And think, like, like you said, he's been there a while, so maybe they they thought with his form, time for a change as well, considering he's been there a number of years. The fact he suffers from small man syndrome as well probably doesn't help him. And the fact that, you know, he's he's not my cup of tea. I'm sorry. You know, I don't think he's a great manager. I think with the squad he's had available to him, he should have done a lot better. You know, spending £5 million on Naki Wells in, in January. You know, he's got the players there to be able to do, do the job. I just don't think he's good enough as a manager to get the best out of them, unfortunately. Or fortunately, whichever way you want to look at it. Yeah, I think that's time for a brew, boys. Cool. Sam. Hi, this is Chris Brown, and you're listening to the From the Finney podcast.
Welcome back to part two of the From the Finney podcast. There, we'll we'll crack on straight away with a question. This one is from everyone's favourite police constable, PC Elliot. Uh, if you're not following him on Twitter already, he's at PNE Police, and he's asked, "Working within the financial constraints, has Alex Neal taken us as far as he can?" Three, two, one, go. Jimmy, I'll, I'll, I'll give that one to you first. Oh, thanks, mate. Hi, Paul. I'm starting to think that that might be the case. I feel for Alex Neal in the same way that I feel that he's been hard done by in the transfer market. I also feel that he's made his own he's he's made his own bad bed in terms of that as well. And he's trying to line it. You can't get Keeper Moore. You need a better player than Jaden Stockley to join the football club. If you can't get if you can't get your first choice right back when you sign Joe Rafferty, find a better right back than Joe Rafferty. Find better. That's you know, the, I don't buy this that these players aren't out there. You know, I think it. We've got to be better in our thoroughness, our scouting. You know, and, and know what we're signing. Connor Ripley is he's a League One goalkeeper. And he's shown that he's. It's a good job that Jonathan Gould came in, because otherwise there'd have been a lot of questions asked about Deck if that had carried on in terms of his poor form last year. I, I think tactically, something's changed, and something's changed in his mindset that means he's not willing to be as ruthless as he was at the start of this year, and especially when he first came to the club as well. Yeah, Alex Neil didn't give a shit. Alex Neil would just attack teams and I remember that quote and I know you mentioned the other week Ollie that he'd rather risk a point to try and get all three than yeah. settle for a point um, and I just don't see that anymore yesterday was an absolute prime example of that you know mm. he's not willing to he's happy that we've got a clean sheet yeah I think we're all happy we've got a clean sheet it's only our second one since Cardiff in, in December but we need to be attacking teams, especially as poor as Huddersfield are. Mm-hmm. Um, could another manager get better out of these players is the question that, that triggers me to ask. And I don't think, I'm not sure. I don't need to, because you've got to think what's out there. And it comes back to, you know, uh, similar to how we get players. Is there someone within our budget constraints that we can get that is going to make a difference to this team? Fill them with confidence. Let them express themselves in the right areas and have a bit of freedom. People go on about Ainsworth, but Ainsworth's doing a good job in Wick- with Wickham and he might be in our league anyway next year on a very, very limited budget. You know, I think they've got one of the bottom six budgets in League One. Um, you know, Up until recently, we were owned by their own, commu- own supporters trust as well. So they're not exactly plush for cash and he's done a great job with them. Is he the right man to lead us forward? I- I- I'm not sure. I think it's a massive step up. And I, I, think love, Gareth, with I Ainsworth, love Gareth Ainsworth. I love I him to bits. But with I don't with other managers as well, like maybe Appleton, I've seen him maybe linked once or twice. Yeah, It's sentiment. And like you've both said in the last two, three, four, five podcasts, sentiment is the worst it. thing in I football. Hate it. Yeah. yeah, and because it, it it allows you to be get away with mediocrity. Yeah. And it allows you to get away with poor results Nugent. because of that sentiment. Yeah, Nugent only recently has started to come under fire from larger parts of our fan base. But, and yeah, it comes back that's, to That's my point. Sen- sen- yeah. Sentiment has allowed him to get away with being 
less it, than bang average. Is that some of the striker that misses that? Is it the open goal against Barnsley or practically an open goal against Barnsley? Yeah. Or misses that chance against Derby the other, other, other night? Um, was it Cardiff? Whichever game it Cardiff, was, where it's yeah, Cardiff, yeah. when, it, when it, he's had the chance to make it 2 2 and misses. Yeah. You know, that's not acceptable. So, is there another manager out there that can lead us to be able to get better, get the best out of a very average team at times? I don't know. I, I generally don't know. And it's going to come to the point the next three months, I, I, I'd have thought that we're going to have to be looking for a new manager because it's a backing or sacking point. That's that's the point I might now in my head. Because if you're not going to financially back the manager and get him his number one targets and settle for fourth and fifth best, then you find someone who is going to be able to settle for fourth and fifth best. Yeah. Because I, and it's going to hamper Alex Neil's reputation as a manager. He's got a Premier League promotion on this CV. You know, he's got he did a great job up at Hamilton. You know, in terms of settle them as a, actually as a full full time football club uh, in in the Premier Division of Scottish football, and we're getting to that point now. And I never wanted I did I never wanted to get to this point either. You know, because I like Alex Neil. I think what he did start this season, especially you know the football that we were playing was exciting. It was free-flowing, it was attacking, it was, had a ruthless edge about it, had a horrible edge about it as well, which I think anyone likes. You know, but that spark and that energy and ruthlessness has dwindled and it's pretty much gone now. You know, like, I didn't like see at, at, any of that. At the start of this piece, Jimmy, uh, it feels like something's changed in maybe his mindset or his his way of thinking and... It's like we've got a completely different manager in, in charge of the club. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I mean in, in short, for me, yeah, I think I think he has taken us as far as he can. With with everything taken into consideration, especially the, the finances. I think the worrying thing for me is I'd probably be leaning towards agreeing. But the thing is there's no way that we're going to lose Pearson, probably lose two or three others. All right, you might get a new about from a manager that you see quite often. The players probably have a bit more freedom and stuff for a few games, but going into a 46-game season next season, realistically, who's going to do better? Do you know what I mean? So mm. it's um, That's my worry. For me, the, the Alex Neal won't get sacked. He'll, he'll move on to another championship club and I'll do really well there because I think he's a very good coach and with the right squad, I think it'd be very effective. Um, and like like you said, being backed and, and getting his number one targets. Yeah, and I think you said so much change. I think for me, I think he's quite a stubborn individual, Alex Neil, and I think he's probably just a little bit fed up with 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 the transfer goings on at the club, and he's probably let that affect his own performance, and that's probably um, trickle down into the players' performance for me. And we are probably just stuck in a rut now where Alex Neil probably knows it's it's time up. We're not going to get any better next season. There's, let's, be, let's be honest about that. There's not a chance we're going to get better next season. Alex Neil will know that and, and, yeah. and the players will know that. So if I'm Alex Neil now, you, you're looking at the Bristol City job, Fulham, Fulham if they don't go up, probably swing the axe. Middlesbrough, if they stay up, 
again, much much more finance than us. Um, so there might be three you're looking at, but I think probably I'm a big fan of Alex Neil. I think he is one of the better coaches in the league. But I think that's that's the thing for me yesterday, Jimmy. He's there's there's that's not the Alex Neil that we know after after a game. Just he's accepted that yesterday. Yeah. Um, he's just accepted it and he's deflated like we all are. So he looks it as well, doesn't he? He looks deflated and yeah, just just the way he's speaking about the game, Jake. Um, like Jimmy said, it. Even even probably six months ago, he'd, he'd have called us crap yesterday because we mm. were. He's saying he's glad we've kept a clean sheet against one of the worst teams in the league. And it is probably just a case of, I'm not sure, maybe both parties, but definitely Alex Neal needing a fresh start, probably for his own good. Um, like we've like, like so said, I, he's, I he's got his reputation in, to think about, hasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. But his reputation, I'd say his, his stock's still higher than the Championship. Because football clubs, they'll know he's got his limitations, but they'll know what he's been working with as well. Yeah. He's been working with, what, six six lowest budget in the league? Yeah. I know he's had money to spend, and, you know, I I mentioned it last last week, you know, he's had had a lot more money than every other manager combined for the last four managers we've had, um, as well as having the highest wage budget we've, we've ever had as a club. But has he took us as far as I can go? I don't... I think if if Bristol City came in for him... It's a good move, you know. He's twenty to one for the job at Bristol City, so it probably means they're not they're not even looking at him. You know, there's they're talking about Chris Hewitt or Ryan Lowe or Chris Coleman. I'm just thinking, I I, I think Steve Lansdowne will have a, a man in mind. I, you know, you don't sack him unless you've got someone in mind that you want to get. It's a weekend, so nothing really happens at a weekend anyway. So I think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, we'll probably see moves on that front. Um, but like I say, I. I just, I feel for him. I, I generally do feel for him in, yeah. in, in a way because yeah. if he'd been back properly or he'd identified the targets he wanted and said, no, you know, I want that that, and I need that rather than mm. settling for fourth, fifth choice. Different story. Yeah, Billy Davis was the same. Look when we lost Billy. You know, he didn't get his choices he wanted. So he found a club that would give him his, his first choices. Was it Steve you know, Howard? Was that the the final straw? The big big lad up top, and then he signed him for Derby. It'll be in his book, won't it? But if it, if um, it ever arrives. well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, it's a frustrating situation to be in. Let's be yeah. honest. Um, and I just think if you want to keep Alex Neal as the manager next season, because this is going to be a rebuilding job. It's not. This isn't going to be you know a nice easy fix next summer. Losing the players that we're about to lose. You know, or trying to tie down the players that are going to be out of contract in, you know, twelve months time from now. I think yeah. there's a lot that the club would probably be happy to lose. But would you, why would why would you be happy to lose players? Well, maybe, all right, that's maybe the wrong wording, but that I think would let go. Four or five. You're not talking fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. No, but there's seventeen out of contract. If we're looking at selling, probably four, five. Then, but you've got to try and renew. You've got you've got to yeah. try and renew with every every single player you want to try and keep. You need to try and uh, be either at least been trying to renew already, or try and renew in the next three to four weeks. Because otherwise, as soon as this window opens, whenever that may be, look the talk I heard today about the first of August, the window's going to look at opening for domestic clubs. Then you're going to start losing these players, and if you're losing the manager as well, 
which could happen. You want a, man, a new manager in place as soon as you can, so that this new manager can oversee the rebuilding job. Not, you know, if Alex Neal's staying, then you need to back him yeah. to be able to oversee the rebuilding job because it's going to be a massive. It's going to be a massive overhaul. It could work to our benefit. You know, we might fly. You know, we might clear out and get a bit of money money in and be able to reinvest it in the right areas. Or it could be an absolute disaster and we could be back to 2010-11 season and we all know what happened that season. Yeah. History history tells us that if we sell a player for 10 million, we're not going to see more than one, two million. I'm not saying that we're going to get that, that, that kind of money in summer, but especially with the coronavirus and it, just some just some things I've heard and there's no way we're going to be reinvesting there's no way we're going to be, you know, looking for little signings here and there. Um, and let's be honest, even if we did try and reinvest after selling Ben Pearson, that's a, that is a, you can't explain what, what a big loss that is until, until you see it in action. Um, and it's, I think it probably is going to be a bit of a shock to someone, to some people, how important he is. Absolutely. Um, Unless you're that lad on Twitter from the other day. All he did was pass backwards and sideways. It's, it's, not, it's not even worth a mention, Jake, but for, 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 for 46 games without Ben Pearson, that is just a huge concern for me. Um, obviously, Daniel Johnson, 12 goals, 6 assists. Very experienced at this level now. If, if he goes, that's another huge miss. So, yeah. is it, And you can say you might be happy to lose a few. Josh Ginelli... Probably Graham Burke, all right. David Nugent goes in a year, fine. Who else? So they're going to be happy to lose. I mean, I can't see that many that the club will be actively looking to get rid of in summer. Because mm. I think it's going to come down to our better players are going to leave and we're going to need numbers. That's And, and it, the quality is going to dwindle as, as a result, Jake. And the club aren't going to be happy to lose many players at all, I don't think. So do you think... We we should as a fan base then sort of start getting ready for a couple of seasons of just mid table obscurity. I'd be happy with mid table obscurity after losing the players we're about to lose. I think anything way. I think anything could happen. It's obviously we're looking more likely to be down that end, but I I I feared a little bit when when Simon Grayson left because um, I thought I thought an extra season under Grayson I thought we might have had a go at the playoffs, but. Obviously, we sold we sold our three best players, or well, three of our best players in, in the last couple of years. If that happens again, we might all fear the worst again, and we might be fine because we seem to have a way of getting around stuff. But it's if you lose Neil plus four or five of them, um, it's it's looking it's looking bleak. But the coronavirus thing could work for or against us. Just got no idea at this stage. Yeah. The other thing is, you look at the three teams that are coming up out of League One. Coventry look all right. The other two, I'm not too keen on. The the the, the winner of the playoffs, Wickham won't be strong enough say, if they win the playoffs. Pompey or Oxford, if it's Oxford, but they won't Don't be strong enough. You. Don't concern yeah. me, do they? No. So I, I'm I'm not too worried about the opposite being way. Three then, how, how do you feel about the ones that are potentially looking like coming down? Norwich, Villa, Norwich. Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Maybe there'll be a lot of change. There'll be a lot of change at, at, at those clubs. I yeah. think. Because um, yeah. if you we've, seen, we've seen it, it now, haven't we? The last couple of seasons, teams that have been relegated, on the whole, they've struggled. Mm, yeah, 
You could say Stoke and Huddersfield are the, are the main examples, but I think if you look at it now, coming down from the Prem to the Champ with all the coronavirus stuff is just a massive hit now on clubs. Um, Bournemouth, they got some good players. Bournemouth, they're going to mm. probably lose them all, aren't they? They're going to lose. You know, Nathan Ake won't be there next season. Well, he's already been linked to City, hasn't he? I think Josh King's yeah. been linked with a move or two away. Josh King, um, Harry Wilson's proven himself to be to be a decent player. Yeah. Uh, the lad Brooks, who's had a big injury, but he's a very talented player as well. Ryan Fraser's already going. Yeah. So, and then you're probably looking at Eddie Howe. Does he really have it in him to rebuild that squad after so long? There, probably not. Norwich, again, Farkas got him up. Back down. I don't know. They didn't really concern me when they were at championship level. It sounds weird because I know they went up, but I don't know. I, I can never he, see he that. Was, he was close to getting the getting the sack, wasn't he? Around the time we played him, and then they mm. managed to was it a two one win or a one nil win or something? It was a yeah. It was um might have been a one nil. I think Robinson hit the crossbar for us. Yeah, Robinson hit the crossbar from quite a way out. But yeah, I mean, there's nothing majorly concerning coming up or coming Villa. Up. Uh, I think Dean Smith would uh, get the sack, and then yeah, it's another rebuilding. Grealish goes, yeah. it's another rebuilding job there, isn't it? So, I think again, similar to this season, I think it's going to be a poor league next season for various reasons. Obviously, Leeds going up, so I think they're always a massive threat. Just again, it's it's going to be a poor league. So I don't know. I, I think, don't know. I think if you can get rid of Leeds, West Brom, and, and then one of Brentford or Forest, mm. then. Again, it becomes a very average league again next year, and it that makes our summer even more important. Yeah, yeah. Sheffield Wednesday then. Hopefully, Paul, that answered your question. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. What do we reckon? They'll play three five two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they've got mi- mixed form since the return. I'm probably on their side of poor. Two defeats, one one win, one draw. Obviously, lost to Swansea today. Or yesterday, if you're listening to this tomorrow, uh, they lost three 0 to West Brom before that. They beat Bristol City two one before that, but that's probably not saying much. And then drew one all with Forest in the first game back after yeah. after lockdown. Um, I think because because I think the more or less safe, aren't they? They're not yeah. in any. Are they in real danger? I don't think they are. No, I don't think, think they are. Based on what I've seen last week, they look like they're trying they're trying they're experimenting tactically. Um, so again, it could be a tough game if they're just they're not too concerned about the result. They're just going to try and go out there and, and attack. As Jimmy said, they're playing three-five-two, but I think they got two what you call usual full-backs on either side of the back three. They got the big lad Io for at centre back. They got a very talented midfield three. Anthony Arabanan's a, a great player at this level. Kieran Lee's a good player, and I think it, is it Luongo the third centre mid. You know what you get from Luongo, don't you? And then, instead of, they've not been playing with wing-backs, they've been playing with wingers in the yeah, wing-back Mer- areas. So. Murphy and Reach. Reach today, I think it was Kadeem Harris last week, and then up front, Connor Wickham's a right handful, um, and then whoever partners him. Well, so, they've always got, they've always got New Hugh, or New Hugh, however you say it, to come yeah. off the bench as well. Loves a goal against us. Loves a goal against us, yeah. So I think that's a really tough game again. I think you can look at their form, but again, how much does form matter when you're playing against us now? Probably really. not a lot. Uh, if they're just going to go and attack the game, you know, every, uh, all the best to them because 
I think if anyone, if, if a team really goes for us now, I fear for us a little bit. We've not seen a team go for us. And no. I think if a team does go for us, who knows what could happen. Yeah, they had um, a lad, uh, De Cruz, started up front with um, with Wickham today, who's on loan from Palmer. Um, looked all right, he's not scored a form yet, but, he, he, you know, he, he had you know, a few nice touches and stuff. But, you know, when you've got a strike force of Wickham, the Cruz, New Who and Rhodes, you know, and it's a good strike force, isn't it? Like you mentioned about Bannon Lee and Luongo, great midfield three. Yeah. They're massively underperformed as a club this season. Yeah. You know, I think three wins out of 18, you know, they've got a really poor, really poor form. Um, there's only Hull that have got a worse record in the last 20 games. And I think they got away with that because they won the two before those 18 games, two on the bounce. They've beat, in those three wins, they've only beat Bristol City, Charlton and Leeds. Leeds is a shock result. The other two you can probably predict. So realistically, they're, they're not playing great. They're eight points off the drop zone. So I think that's probably just about enough to keep them up, especially with the Wigan situation. Yeah. Um, with five games left, you'd probably say to get, well, they need one win out of the last five games to be safe, don't they? Because then they, they definitely can't get relegated. I, I think it's, Saturday, you know, was a chance and a real opportunity to get back on it. And if you, if you win back-to-back games, like I said on Wednesday night, then it's a different picture. Because I think Sheffield Wednesday was just as winnable as, as yesterday was. I don't know. I, I, I don't know where to start now because like, you just don't know what person's going to turn up there. No. Is it going to be the person that we've seen in the four games since lockdown or is it going to be a different side with an extra day to prepare? Um, I don't know. I've been really disappointed with his approach in the last four games in terms of just how he's set up. And as we've said before, there's literally nothing to lose now. So go for just, it. Please just... just We've got players like Billy Bowden. I know Harrop started, but he needs to start with players around him. Yeah. No. Just on Bill, that's an odd one that he's not been given much of an opportunity apart from a couple of fleeting yeah. appearances it's, off the bench. Doesn't doesn't do the defensive side, um, which is but, not me. It's not me criticizing him. That's, no, that's no, why he's not, not playing. That's why he's not playing. Tom Bayliss, surely just give him a start. Lesson yeah. played well. Lesson played well the other night. Fair enough. But do you need him and Pearson Probably sitting? Not. Maybe not. Why not just start Harrop in the 10? Yeah. Get a couple of the young lads involved as well. Why is he shoehorned off the left? I mean, we're so... We, Brown and Potts have started more central the other day than, than Harrop. Harrop started off the left and people have got this thing that he's a left-sided attacker. He's a number 10. Let him drift mm. to both sides. He's going to cause you problems. So, you know, I go Maguire, bring Maguire back in 100%. Um Probably bring Fisher back in. Best right back we've got. Alan Brown. I think. I think. I think Alan Brown's probably needs probably needs dropping. So looks like he's struggled, hasn't he? Last Alan, last few. I love Alan Brown, but I think maybe the whole situation's called him a little bit. Yeah. Um, uh, could just, you just play? Be positive. Just be positive. I'd play Pearson. I, I would. I'd stick with Ladson in person. You know. I know that sounds really daft, but then I'd go in attacking four. If you go so with attacking four, that's fine, isn't it? Yeah, I'd go with Maguire, Harrop, Barkey, and Bowden as the nine. If you, if because you then that, you've got, that looks... you've, got, you've got four players that will attack a player yeah, and yeah. take a man on and actually be able to create stuff. 100%, yeah. You know, and 
Yeah, Potts, Potts has done nothing wrong. You know, that's not saying I want to drop Potts because he's done something wrong or mm. he's not been playing great because I think he's done okay in these last two games. Um, he's probably the best player against Derby. Yeah. Did, did nothing wrong yesterday. Plenty of energy, plenty of legs about him. That, I, I think, think that's, that's, that's one of the reasons. Like, I don't think anyone really did anything particularly wrong yesterday. But when you put them all together, that's what you're going to get. You'll probably get a solid performance out of Lutton and Potts. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's another reason why I didn't, didn't want to do a player ratings piece because it had just been full of like fives, fives and sixes. Fives and sixes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that that's Pointless. probably that's probably a reflection on on the manager more than the players. I think mm. yesterday for me, I, I don't I don't think our two centre halves will have an easier game this season. No, yesterday because. I can't. I can't even remember either of them doing much no. <laughs> because Huddersfield just didn't threaten through the middle of the park. Every time Huddersfield even looked like threatening, it was from wide areas. Yeah. You know, Ledson's made a, a good block in the second half in terms of an interception. Yeah, can't really remember much else they did. No, they, so, had, they had the shot in the first half from about 25, 30 yards, didn't they? That was it. That was it. Yeah. So uh, straight, straight down Rudd's throat, though, isn't yeah. it? So yeah. like probably. Um, even if they have had nothing to do, it's probably just good for for Barr and Davis to get the clean sheet. Yeah, I mean, they've had a tough tough return, haven't they? Yeah, it'll do them some good. Give them hopefully a bit of confidence. I still yeah. think I still think Ben just wasn't wasn't fully out yesterday. But it's more 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 on the ball. But it's it's a minor point when you look at the bigger picture. Yeah, for me, it's just come on. We've you've got ten outfield players. Better start more than two genuine attackers. Like Jimmy said, Ledson probably deserves to keep his place. Playing alongside Pearson and play four attackers. It's a 4 2 3 1. There's four attacking positions on the pitch there. Yeah. He's basically come out the other day as well in the press, hasn't he? And said that he's not gonna be he's not gonna be changing from one up top because there was a lot of people saying, Well, why don't we why don't we play two up top? So Yeah, that's not the issue for me. One up top ain't the issue. It's no. it's, it's putting a, it's, it's putting attacking players into that system rather mm. than setting up to press the opposition, which couldn't even press them yesterday because they didn't want the ball. Yeah. Mm. Start time of the week again then. Jimmy, what's your prediction? I'm gonna go with saying that it's saying that he does start four attacking players. He's not it's gonna a big, it's, it's a big assumption. It's a big <laughs> assumption to make. You can't assume he's, that, can you? He's not gonna. I, what yes. I do, what I, what I do, and what Alex Neil do are two very different things, unfortunately. Because I don't think I don't think he's going to change anything. I think it's it's a bit of stubbornness, but it's also a bit of a you know sticking the V's up to those those in charge. A bit like playing Nugent on Wednesday night. That mm-hmm. that was nothing but sticking the V's up to to Ridsdale and and Craig Emmons. This is what you've given me, so this is what you're going to get. So it depends if you how much he wants it. Depends on how much the players want it as well. Yeah, I'm going to go nil-nil. Yeah, they've not scored much, to be fair, it's Wednesday. And Christ, they've not scored much. That. <laughs> it's not that's saying not glow- much, I know. That's not a glowing endorsement, is it? Christ. Ollie? 1-1. Think Bowden starts and scores. I'll go with 1-0 Wednesday. Who scored the winner last time we, we won at Hillsborough? Oh, Christ. Definitely well, wasn't I, Owen, it definitely wasn't Owen Dial or Jermaine Beckford. It definitely wasn't either of them too. No, not a clue. 2009. Not Neil Meller. He scored in that game, but he didn't get the winner. John mm. Parkin. John Parkin. John Parkin is correct. 11 years ago. Uh, Frightening. 
Yeah. As long as we get, uh, listen, it's not about results anymore now. It's because the season's finished, as far as I'm concerned. Just want to see us have a go and just get some attacking players on the pitch. Yeah. I want to see Bayless get on the pitch. Um, you know, just, just maybe even Ethan Walker get get yeah, in five yeah. ten minutes at the end. At least in the squad, just in the squad. In the squad. Yeah, mm. yeah. There's nothing to lose. There's literally nothing to lose now. And like, like we've touched on, going to be a big rebuild job next summer and you'd, hopefully you'd be looking at your youth players that have been here a season, Bayless, Walker, give them a bit of game time. We'll start it now. Yeah. If the manager's yeah. going to be here next season, start your re- rebuild now. Well, I suppose that's, you know, a big, that's, that's a big enough question in itself though, isn't it? Is it going I to know be it here? is, but you know, you're then showing the owner or whoever's in charge, this is what I need. Yeah. You're actually making the statement now, I need these players because this is what we're losing and this is what we're going to need to compete. Yeah. Because, you, you know, it's only, you can't tell if someone's good enough without playing them. You know, I know we've we've harped on about Bayless and we've only seen him in the cup games. We're not sure if he's got the ability. But play him. Give him these last three, four, five, yeah. last five games. You know, give him three of them. You know, you don't, and don't just give him Brentford, Forest and Bristol City. Or, or Brentford Forest and Birmingham, you know, get, give him three or four games in a run because how he can't build up form or any momentum by being in one week out the next, being in one week out the next. You don't build up form by doing that. You build up form by consistency and actually being able to play continually. Hopefully DJ's back as well, by the way. Hopefully, hopefully DJ's back. I've, I've not mentioned DJ <coughs> today yet, but we've badly missed him these last two games. Badly missed him, and I'll tell you what: if we lose Daniel Johnson in the summer and we don't replace him, where the hell's the creativity coming from? Because we've created bugger all for two games without DJ. Oh, I'll tell you what: try and drop us a rating as well and a comment. We've got some really good ratings and comments on Apple Podcasts, but uh, we could do with a few more. And keep listening to us on that or Spotify because we're. Anyone, uh, we're if getting... anyone wants to give me abuse, feel free. At Gorn underscore underscore on Twitter. But I'm sure most of you follow him anyway. In fact, if you're not following us already on Twitter as well, we're at from the Finney on on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Facebook. But yeah, um, what what were you going to say about Spotify then, Jimmy? I don't think we've mentioned. Yeah, just give us a listen. just. You know, we're doing all right on Spotify and Apple Podcasts at the minute, aren't we? In terms of our charts, we're uh, yeah up into the top 100. So thanks for listening. Yeah, it was quite. We were quite shocked, weren't we, when we sat down the other night and we seen that. I don't think Ollie's buying it still. Nothing against our podcast. I just think, how are we ahead of not the top 20? I mean, do you know what I mean? So, but no, <laughs> thanks, thanks for listening. If you don't agree, just educate yourself. <laughs> yeah, and on that note, uh, thank you, boys. Much appreciated. <laughs> the Juice here. You are listening to our latest single, At Times. And of course, it's from the Finney. Says I'm okay, so I'm fine with that. I guess I'll be alright. The crutches don't, the feelings coming back to me. Even when it all seemed black. Yeah, you know it's alright at times. You know it's alright at 
sounds Just don't leave me here all alone We're crossing bridges we haven't discovered yet Let's take things nice and slow My brain is moving faster than the speed of light Let's see how far this goes Yeah, you know it's alright at times You know it's alright at times You know it's alright at times Just don't leave me here all alone When the walls are closing in Do you sing or swim? When the walls are closing in Do you lose or Just don't leave me here all alone Just don't leave me here all alone Just don't leave me here all alone 